0: All right, so today I have Sean Dwyer on the line. Um, He is the principal over at Kenwood Capital, LLC.
1: Uh, Sean, welcome to the show. Adam, thank you very much. Good to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: So I'm excited to get more into what you're doing over at uh, Kenwood Capital. But before we do that, let's get a little bit more into your background. So how did you get started in business? (laughs) Sure.
1: uh, After college, I was... um, uh, I graduated in, uh, on the East Coast with a liberal arts degree, and uh, uh, while that's all very nice, it doesn't really allow you to pay your student debt back uh, as rapidly as, as I would have liked. So uh, I managed to qualify for a credit training program uh, for a savings loan in Newport Beach, California, and that program exposed me to many different facets of real estate investment. Uh, there were rotations through an appraisal group, a processing group, an origination group. Uh, Uh, as well as valuation groups and marketing groups. And it was a very good, very uh, interdisciplinary approach to learning about real estate. Uh, Unfortunately, the savings and loan institutions as a class disappeared shortly after that due to a recession and some uh, government regulation uh, that came about as a result of uh, uh, some abuses that had taken places at other institutions. So after that, it was really, I moved back to Chicago and began working on a wide variety of institutional quality real estate in the four major product types of retail, office, apartments, and industrial. And when I say institutional, think sort of state pension funds. Uh, so retired cops, teachers, firefighters, uh, bus drivers, etc. So my job was really to be a... An intelligent and a proactive steward of these assets, so that those folks could retire in a uh, uh, in the way that they would like after having worked their whole lives in those jobs. Wow, so
0: um, quite a bit. Of, I mean, I mean, you work for some large companies like TIA, uh, um, uh and you've done a lot in the in that whole um, in the financial field. And the reason why I'm kind of highlighting some of that is that. You know, there's some younger audience that are listening that are maybe just graduating college or maybe they're a couple, you know, a year or two out, and they're, they're thinking about going down that finance path as a, as a potential long-term career. Um, what kind of advice would you be giving to that person?
1: Uh, I think it's a great option, and it's very, very diverse. So when you go down that path, uh, they may elect to uh, work in listed securities, you know, sort of think equities, which are stocks, think fixed income, which are bonds. I chose to work in real estate, uh, which is a real asset. So think about something that is physical, that has value that you can sort of hold in your hand, value within that uh, that physical real asset. So that would be something like metals, gold, silver. That would be something like gemstones. And it's also real estate. Uh, so I would encourage those folks. I would encourage them to perhaps uh, get a couple of accounting courses under their belt, certainly a couple of economics courses. and to focus on detail as well as strategy as they'd like to move forward. Uh, in real estate, uh, one of the things that I really like about that asset class is it earns money when you're not there. If you have a shopping center that's leased to a store, you don't necessarily need to be there to receive that rent check every month. Similarly, if you have a multifamily asset that's leased to two or three or four or a hundred different people or families, you don't need to be there to ensure that those rent checks are going to be coming in. That doesn't mean there's not a lot of work to be done with the assets, but real estate does generate passive income and does, does make money when you are not there. And that's one of the principal reasons I like it. That's awesome. And uh,
0: I think that's a great transition. Let's talk a little bit more about what you're doing as a principal over at Kenwood Capital LLC. So um, what kind of projects are you working on and what kind of uh,
1: clients do you take on? Uh, Again, institutional real estate, so uh, larger assets, assets that would attract capital uh, that wants to be safe, that is longer term, and that uh, wants to be invested in assets that are a high enough quality that they're not going to be disproportionately impacted by any economic downturn, any recession. Uh, So right now, we're really focused on tying up a... uh, a mixed-use asset. It's right here in the city of Chicago. It would have a multifamily component, a retail component, as well as a a potential condominium exit. And so that, again, is something when you go into a real estate deal, any investor should really have a plan. So that plan should involve buying it uh, as you would any investment at the lowest possible price, and that plan should involve the hold period. How are you going to operate the asset? What are you going to? Uh, how are you going to generate your revenue? Is it going to be apartment rents, retail rents, uh, or some combination of that? Office rent, and then there are expenses that, that any investor will have to project, uh, including taxes, insurance, uh, utilities, gas, electricity, water. Uh, there are trash hauling expenses, landscape. So any is really going to have to get into the weeds and make very intelligent, uh, fact based projections. On how that asset is going to behave during their hold and then of course at the end you want to understand the exit so the the asset that I'm telling you right about right telling you about right now excuse me in the city uh, we're planning on a condominium exit there meaning that we'll develop it as apartments we'll improve those apartments to a higher level than you might otherwise see Uh, think stainless steel appliances think granite countertops and once that asset is ready to be put on the market uh, we anticipate selling it not necessarily as apartments, but as individual condo units. So that's that's sort of the life cycle in brief of of a generic real estate investment. And specifically, that's what I'm spending a lot of time on right now. Any um
0: any trends that you care to talk about in your in your niche?
1: Uh, sure, I'm, I'm going to speak. Uh, I'll speak about my niche and, and just a little bit more broadly. I think some of the Fascinating things that are happening in real estate right now are mm-hmm. a trend uh, across a couple of different uh, sectors toward a hospitality model. So, if you mm. think about uh, think about the apartments where you or I might have lived when we were growing up, probably very basic finishes. Uh, if you were lucky, maybe there was a roof deck, maybe there was a little hot lot outside for the kids to play. Um, now, uh, what you're finding is people are designing, generally speaking, smaller units, which generally gets folks uh, a higher rent per square foot, but they're designing these buildings with a much higher level of amenity finish. State-of-the-art fitness centers, uh, Wi-Fi provided by the landlord in some cases, uh, really beautiful roof decks with outdoor kitchens, uh, custom, uh, custom refrigerated package rooms. So if you're a busy urban professional and you want your groceries delivered, they'll be there cold waiting for you when you get home from work. Uh, Other very interesting trends to keep an eye on are the trends toward uh, co-living and co-working. Some of your listeners may have heard of WeWork or Industrious uh, or Regis. These are concepts where now you don't go to work in your traditional office that's owned by your company. You can have your own smaller company or your company may lease uh, uh, space at any one or a number of these locations around the country. So very transformative. and in the retail space, there's also this uh, convergence to a, a hospitality or an experiential model. Uh, and some of the folks that are doing that really, really well are the cosmetics retailers. Uh, think of Sephora, uh, where you can go in, you can be made over, you can be primped and, and at no cost to you. Uh, they will apply the products that they're selling and give you a lovely experience that, that makes you feel good as a person. And perhaps encourage a, a little bit more of a buying mentality while you're in the store. So those, are, those are some of the trends that I think are impacting and changing uh, real estate investment and assets as we go forward right now.
0: Oh that's exciting and a lot of those things you say um are you can see them now and uh, and it's really it's really interesting to see where where it goes next because it's definitely the future already especially I think one of the really interesting spaces are going to be like the assisted living homes and like some of the amenities and some of the projects that are just happening um there with you know the advanced um or the memory type um uh, the living situation set up for somebody that has maybe like memory loss or some other things going on, like this, really interesting, and how they're really working to attract. Um, the what's gonna necessarily be the um, their audience going forward, and I'm like, man, some of the projects I see, are some of the specs, I'm like, I want to live there. <laughs> so what you're describing, I'm like, I'm like, I want to live there. I want to. <laughs> How come this doesn't have this? And that's what's gonna happen. That's gonna attract people. People are gonna at some point. It'd be hilarious, but to say, but they're gonna be like, wait a minute, you you don't get your your groceries delivered at home, and they don't have their own lockers that are already like preset and this and that. So it's cold. Why would you live there? And they're gonna. It's gonna be literally like that. All the amenities. You're like, ah, oh, I didn't even know that exists. That's why I live there.
1: <laughs> That's awesome. And you're, you're seeing that at both ends of the age spectrum. You're seeing that with uh, the advent of purpose-built student housing. So right again, think back to our youth, where you went to college, you lived in a dorm. There was probably peeling paint and a uh, oh my uh, gosh, a bunk, <laughs> a bunk bed or, or a cot. And what you have now is you have. Universities who are under, you know, almost without exception, big financial pressure, uh, mm-hmm. you have them really contracting to their core business, which is teaching students, and you've got whole new sectors of purpose-built student living, which are, are folks uh, like me uh, who come in and they build these uh, uh, student living communities, which now feature a lazy river, so you can uh, go around Ridiculous. in a tube by a beautiful school. <laughs> <laughs> right. Picture, there, there's a DJ out every afternoon from 4 to 6 p.m., you know, oh playing inside the pool. And again, the so fitness center. And, and and just as you said, at the uh, at the other end of the spectrum, senior living, we have a population that is uh, is aging. The boomers are all retiring. And mm-hmm. uh, you're seeing big shifts there as well in terms of more physical therapy space for these residents, more psychological therapy space and services being offered. Again, really to try and port these customers who, who once they're in the facility, uh, will be paying a premium price for their care. So, so really you see it at both ends of the, the aging spectrum, and it's, uh, it's fascinating to watch the service evolve to meet the need. Absolutely. Completely agree. Um,
0: so, Sean, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. Uh, if somebody else is listening to this and they want more information on uh, Kenwood Capital, um, what's the best way for them to connect?
1: I would ask him to look me up on LinkedIn, Uh, Sean Dwyer, S-E-A-N-D-W-Y-E-R, and I would ask him to look me up on LinkedIn and just connect with me there, and I'm more than happy to answer any questions that they might have. Oh, that's
0: great. Um, Well, Sean, again, I really appreciate you coming on the show. And to the audience, as always, thank you for tuning in. I hope you got a lot of value out of this. If you did, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, leave me a review, do all those great things we do to support our podcasters. I really do appreciate it. And Sean, thanks again for coming on. Adam, thank you so much. And I appreciate
1: the opportunity. Thank you.